1: through 2019 including another world series championship um and he was obviously the key piece of that entire thing with what he did in game seven
2: right and it, so. it all goes to what we talked about uh, earlier and what up joe thank you for joining the show What's up, Joe? in your own unique way you've got to be able to draft players who are going to turn out to be good enough to where you want to go ahead and buy out their r beers and you look back at the giants draft 2002 matt kane 06 it's Linsicum. 07, it's Bumgarner. 08, it's Buster Posey. These are good players. These are cornerstone players. And I know they didn't buy out all of their RB years. But the point was, you drafted guys that you could keep. Then you skip ahead. 2013, Christian Arroyo, Phil Bickford, Chris Shaw. I mean, these are not players who have popped anywhere for anyone. So Atlanta, and you look at how Houston built their their mini dynasty that they had. All those guys were drafted. They were a terrible team. They tanked. They found talent, and they became
1: good. Well, and, and the Giants have actually tried to gravy train that again. That's, right. a, that's who they went and hired, Pete Patella, who had a big piece in building what the yeah, Astros were doing in drafting and farm system and Does and, Patella, and all that. though,
2: play a role now in getting Correa? So,
1: interesting that you should bring I'm that not up. I'm trying to get my hopes up No, no, now, no. Love, I'm already out on this whole thing. You just jumped in on something. and You don't even know how smart... What you just said was. Check this out because I told look you. Look at the big brain <laughs> on dibs. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the great things. Look at in the big history. brain on dibs. That's one of the great things. Well, you, scenes yeah, the movie you, you put your Vetter jacket back on yeah. and good things happen. I it's mean, mean that's, that's what happens. Yeah, I get a little, 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 little chilly. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little chilly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Oh, yeah, there's Boach. Look at Boach. Who are they introducing? DeGrom. See, everybody wants to know, when's that press conference? This is the first one, isn't it? Of all the big look deals. Look DeGrom. This Bring is the in, first Bruce. look at him. Oh and, oh, and he's uh, he's doubled over in pain. He's hurt his shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Boachy put his hand on his right shoulder, and DeGrom went down in pain. Put his hand on his shoulder. And he's out for
2: the year. <laughs> He's like
1: Jimmy. (laughs) I didn't mean to shake your hand so hard. (laughs) Welcome. Um, Anyway, I hope you're over or under three starts. Uh, Okay, check this out. I told you before we even started chatting here, I go, I want to read something to you that Jim Bowden wrote nine days ago. Okay. And then you just got prophetic with what you said about Pete Patella. Oh, so, he wrote an article on The Athletic, and it comes it, it, it's its uh, like every single Major League Baseball team, and he makes a prediction as to who their biggest free agent will be this offseason, okay? Now, you're going to be wrong on a bunch of these, obviously. Like, he sat down right before the winter meetings and just started throwing names against a wall. So, you're going to be wrong on a bunch. However, he's been right on a few. He had Xander going to the Phillies instead of Trey Turner, but... Kind of got the idea they we going to go after a shortstop. Um, he, he did predict correctly that Aaron Judge would sign with the Yankees. Okay, nailed he didn't it. He did get that. Nailed it. <laughs> he got that. I'm trying to see if he nailed any others, like, on the dot. He nailed Cody Bellinger's contract because he also gives a contract figure. He gives a team okay. and a contract figure. He nailed Cody Bellinger's contract, but he had him going to the Astros, not the Cubs. He thought Mitch Haniger would end up with the Detroit Tigers. Nope, he's a giant. He nailed Josh Bell. And the number, like like three years, Cleveland Guardians, Josh Bell. So anyway, it's a fun article, but it's also just interesting to see his thought process. So, nine days ago, who do you think his prediction was for the San Francisco Gigante? It must be Carlos Correa. That's where the buildup is going. San Francisco Giants, shortstop, Carlos Correa, 10 years, $327 million. Okay. Here's the paragraph that follows. And see if you think that anything here kind of perks you out. The Giants made a strong pitch to Aaron Judge, who is their top target. However, once he turns them down and signs (laughs) with the Yankees, I could see San Francisco quickly pivoting to Correa. Correa, who put up a 5.4 B war in a 140 OPS plus last season, Damn. is arguably the next best free agent on the market. He's a winning player. He's a great teammate. He loves the biggest stage where he's a proven performer. He's an above average defender at shortstop with range to both sides and a strong arm. Newly hired general manager Pete Patella. Knows Correa well from their time with the Astros, which definitely could help with negotiations. Correa will want a deal in line with what Corey Seeger got from the Rangers, which was 10 and 325, and Lindor from the Mets, which was 10 and 341. And it's hard to argue against that.
2: Man, so the Pete Patella angle, as written there by Jim Bowden, Jim Bowden, by the way, went one for four in his predictions for the most part. Uh, somewhere in well, there. Well, I
1: mean, he's got a prediction for every single team, which yeah. is a weird way to go about it, because not everybody's going to get a big name free agent. Yeah. Lo- Some of these guys are both going to sign with the same team, that kind of thing. That's tough. But I mean, anyway. He just Yeah, balling, yeah. So. yeah absolutely. But he's he got the a He did get to Grom, angle, to, yeah. to Grom to the Rangers. He had that, too. Okay. Yeah.
2: And uh, Bell to Cleveland, I think it was a two-year deal. He had it at three, but... Uh, was it? it yeah, it's, I'm looking at the sheet right okay. here. Two okay. years and... Uh, 30 something million dollars. Wow, he had it at three and
1: 39, so Bell did well actually. One less year, uh, two and
2: 33. Okay, yeah, his AAV
1: is way higher. Yeah, 16 Um, and a half. Anyway, go ahead.
2: No, that's interesting though, the the Pete Patella angle. I just was thinking about that as we were talking about the Houston Astros and the way that the Houston Astros were built. And, you know, I think Pete Patella could also vouch for or. Assuage swaged the, the fears of Giants front office fans, etc., over the cheating scandal, which Carlos Correa was uh, at the center of.
1: I'm so glad you brought up the cheating scandal.
2: Really? Because huh. I wonder if
1: anybody else also saw the Ken Rosenthal report yesterday. I did, yeah. Which, Giants fans, this is a low-key part of this whole thing that no one's really thinking about, and I don't think anybody other than us is going to care. But check this out. Ken Rosenthal reported, and I I, I will stand on this hill and tell you that the Dodgers offseason so far has been every bit the frustration for their fans that the Giants has been for theirs. It's not been good so far for the Dodgers. In fact, I read, if you read further into it, the Dodgers are potentially penny-pitching because they're worried about what's going on with Trevor Bauer's hearing. And if they end up having to pay out that contract to Trevor Bauer, and they might, then that is absolutely affecting the way they're shopping right now. So that's advantage rest of the NL West because the Padres are over here wasted paying everybody. (laughs) So they're going to be good. We know that. But Rosenthal comes out with a story and says when the idea of the Dodgers and Correa came up, because they're in on every conversation, too. The Dodgers flatly stated behind closed doors, we're not going after specifically Correa to replace Trey Turner because we believe our fan base would revolt because of Correa's role in beating us in the World Series in that cheating scandal just a few years ago. Well, if you're already hated by the Dodger fans... Is there a better place to play than San Francisco? He's perfect. Double down on the hate. Oh, my gosh. I'm a Dodger fan. If they're going (laughs) to boo their faces off whenever Correa comes up, well, then slap him in black and orange and let's go. I mean, that, that... It depends on if if he wants
2: to be oh, sure. a player who's hated. I don't
1: mean about he want to be the villain? I mean about us from a fan standpoint. Oh, right. Doesn't that make him a little bit even more fun? Forget all. We know he's a great baseball player. Yeah. But if the Dodgers hate him, come on down, son. Let's
2: go. This is a better for you. No better place to embrace right. him than here in San Francisco. I, I, I can see that angle, certainly. Yeah. But it comes down to whether or not he wants to be... That guy, Because it seems like a lot of the Astros and just based on the way they handled the cheating scandal right from the start, they all didn't want to talk about it and they all kind of swept it under the rug. It was no big deal. We've moved on from it. I don't know if Carlos Correa would want to get back into the pressure cooker right into this rivalry. I know you're going to play the Dodgers no matter what with this new balance schedule especially. But if you become a giant... You become a, a Dodger target all the more. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I, quite frankly, he was one of the reasons
1: he's synonymous with it is because a he was one of their best players, yeah. and b he's been uh, more vocal about it. He was one of the ones that was c- kind of like a hey, get off, get off of us. Um, it, you know, granted, like okay, we hear you. It's been done now. Move on, and no one wants to hear that. But let's be honest, he's freaking right i've been saying this for years and i don't want to go on this tangent but how on earth does everybody think the astros were the only ones cheating it doesn't make it okay but if they knew every pitch that was coming and no one else did you really think they're going to go to gevin seven games to win a world Series? right they'd have crushed everyone they'd have won every game If you know what's coming and no one else does, you'd kill everybody in baseball. That's the entire game of hitting if you know what's coming. So, um, look, they're not the only organization that's been implicated in this whole thing. And so, to me, time served. On the whole Houston Astros No, No thing.
2: doubt. I'm, the Dodger fans don't feel that way. And so that's where it becomes a reality if you come to the Giants. And you're already going to be hated because you're wearing the orange and black. But if you're Carlos Correa now, who chooses the Giants, you inject yourself right back into that same sphere of hate. Yeah. At least, you know, for those 11 or 12 games. I don't know the exact number. I know with this this new balance schedule, yeah. which I don't like, by the way. I agree with you. Uh, it just it's kind of ruining... The beauty of the Dodger-Giant rivalry, 19 games, Yankee-Red Sox, and all the rest of it. So it does put you right back, though, into the crosshairs as opposed to, you know, you go to Minnesota and nobody was going to say a word no, about the cheating yeah, scandal when you go high. play for the Twins.
1: Yeah, totally. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, look, I, I think we all end up being hypocritical when it comes to this. Okay, We're a city that just spent last weekend screaming and yelling for the eight hundredth time about how Barry Bonds is not being allowed in the Hall of fame and 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 now we're gonna be like, oh, we don't want cheaters and and oh, don't make excuses for cheaters.
2: I mean, come oh, I'm on. not afraid to bring in a cheater, yeah. but I just think that in terms of Carlos Correa, it would put him back into that sphere of sure. you know in, in the Dodgers crosshairs in terms of You're a Giant. If he goes to Chicago, it's not going to be the same volatility, even when they play the Dodgers, because it's not the Giant-Dodger rivalry.
1: All right, keeping an eye on that, winter meeting's going, and again, we say that the Giants look to us like they're on a two-minute drill because um, it's an unfortunate negotiating position. It absolutely feels like the Giants have to go get Correa. So is it going to be an overpay? Um, Maybe. Then again, I don't even know what that word means when we get to this stuff. Again, as a fan, um, there's nothing you can do about the whole back end of these contracts. They almost always look bad in the end. But your hope is, is that they're good on the front end. And by the way, if if you're going to play it that way, then give me the youngest guy that you can find. And of all the big free agents, that's another checkmark in Carlos Correa's corner. Of all the big name free agents and big contracts that are coming this offseason, who is the youngest one? Carlos Correa, 28 years old.
2: Yeah, and so in terms of giving 11 years to a guy, you might as well give it to the youngest of the stars. And I I think that he's the best of the shortstop class, too. I agree with so that. He's the youngest. I mean, he's the yeah. best and, you know, reading all the reports about the the character of Carlos Correa, he's a great clubhouse guy, great presence and maybe he helps to be the guy who jumpstarts the youth movement here in San Francisco. Because right now, if you look at the Giants roster, got a lot of guys in their 30s, mid-30s, a couple of guys ticking toward their late 30s. Correa at 28 would be a younger kind of breath of fresh air. And I think he would be a lightning rod to what we hope is the future, the prospects coming up.
1: Younger and more athletic was the promise. And uh, I think we all agree that the, uh, the Giants could definitely use uh, a little infuse of that. All right, if you want to weigh in there. Can we take a few minutes? This I, I've just been holding this. It's like I got a little knot in the left side of my gut over no, I've here. I've been waiting for this. You know, what the hell was that last night? Oh, they stink. Well, I mean, how did we not get this? Badone, can we do an 1117 in the in the morning? What are you doing? Honestly, can I get can can we get the uh, Willard and Dibs? Yeah, want to know? Willard and Dibs have a lot to say.
2: My only weapon was my mouth, but they just have one big question. What are you doing?
1: What are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? What are are you doing right now? What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? What the hell are you doing? What Are you doing?
2: (laughs) First of all... Now you blew a four-point lead in like a second and a half? You from 10 down. You're down 10 yeah. multiple times in the fourth. In Flucky a game, effort. Great job. And you probably, not that you had no business winning that game, but... Oh, you're down three. You're three the way, best players. And they're without their two of their best players. So, yeah, that's fair. Hey, NBA, what are you doing? Right. I mean, 82 games. <laughs> I mean, might as well have played this game in, in Santa Cruz. It's a G League game. But then, at least James Wiseman would have gotten to play. But Golden State Warriors... What are you doing blowing the game like that in the yeah. closing minutes?
1: I mean, look, 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 it starts with Jordan Poole missing one of two free throws. Um, which, you know, look, he, I mean, the guy missed a free throw. You're going to miss some free he throws. Was 12 of 13 Twelve of 13, the line. But the one that he missed, that actually, that dunk would have only tied the game, obviously, at the end if he makes that. And then he's the one with the ball that lets someone come right behind him and pound the thing right out of his hands. Um, look, it's a bang-bang play. It happened quick, I understand. But, that, like, in that moment... the. Only thing you need to do is protect the ball, ball control, and ball security. You know he's still a young player, and if that were Steph Curry, it wouldn't have happened. And so you just hate that for the organization because Clay lost
2: one a couple possessions. Yes, he did.
1: Now he made up for it by running down and getting it back. But you're right; it was an incredibly sloppy final thirty seconds for the Warriors. And we went into last night expecting for them to lose. They were a huge underdog in the game because of the roster. But by the same token... It does. It's a little bit of a gut punch because you're at this point in the season where there's been so much adversity. You're trying to find yourselves. Wiseman ends up in Santa Cruz. You got little nagging things going on with Klay Thompson. He's finally figured it out enough so that he's doing better, at least, than he was. All of the stuff in training camp, Jordan Poole struggles, We've. We, it's all well-documented. But because of it, you're getting to a point where wins in December mean more than you thought they would. And when you got one in the dang pocket, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, and you, give you gotta it be away. kidding me.
2: Jordan Poole just gets his lunch money taken in a spot. Just hold on to the ball. They're going to foul you any second now. He's trying to foul you. Literally, you got two guys swinging at you. Cover the ball up and it's a foul. Two hands on the ball and just protect it. But you cough it up in midcourt. Broken flaw. They go in for the dunk. And by the way, when you get run out of the gym by Simone Fontecchio, what you, happened got, there? you got bigger <laughs> problems. <laughs> what did you just say to me? Fontecchio was too... You had no answer for
1: Fontecchio. You know, Fontecchio and Vincenzo were on the court at the same time. How many minutes? And what happened? Yeah, they were making pasta. slow down?
2: L- Linguini was being served. Slow down a little bit and then
1: just uh, kind of look at each other exactly. with one of those... Exactly. Uh, huh? DiVincenzo yeah. and Fontecchio. If
2: Steph gets a few more f- f- Fontecchios, he's going to be suspended. <laughs> it would have been.
1: It would have been. Yeah. I was going to no, gonna, gonna say You yeah. three, but you fumbled. You fumbled you the ball, You like Jordan Poole. Yeah. <laughs> not no, Jordan Poole. The ball got ripped right out of your hands. Ah, ah. Listen, I'm going to give you one chance. You can't fumble the ball.
0: Simone
2: Fontecchio took the basketball away, <laughs> went in for the layoff.
1: <laughs> you, you went straight out of Sandler, who performed at Chase Center. I think just two nights ago. Was that two nights ago, or was that last night? Simone took the ball away. <laughs> you know. What was that cat's name on SNL, that character, the opera? What did he call himself? Where he was doing the opera singing on the oh, weekend update? I can't update? remember. Someone on the YouTube will <laughs> Someone say it on, on that.
2: <laughs> I mean, oh, opera Man.
1: Opera Man, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't it's think right of that. <laughs> it's just like, Opera Man. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. yeah that one... That, that one that was one of those classic things where you're like, no,
2: no, they're going to win it? Yay, they're going to. W- uh, no. Wait, what are you doing? Seriously, they were down 10 four different times. They're God. down 10 with seven minutes to go. And you're watching that thinking, all right, you could kind of see this coming. Undermanned. Clay Thompson was, well, his arm probably sore this morning. Yeah. Eight for 25. That shooting arm probably a little bit fatigued. Jordan Poole was great. Jonathan Blinken Kaminga, my friends. Yep. Yeah. No. There's holy all- And then he gets the block yeah, on Jordan Clarkson, and Jordan Clarkson hits him with a little two piece from behind. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson. So soft. Well, I just Jordan
1: Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Like, Jordan from his days with the Lakers. You're just like, okay, right? This is nice, <laughs> nice whatever. You're a role player, and then I don't know. He's just gotten it. There's something very annoying with the hair and the headband and being at Utah and doing what you did last night. Yeah, yeah. He's now he's someone I notice. I'm annoyed by Jordan Clarkson for sure.
2: I'd like to apologize to Kelly Clarkson and all the yeah. contestants from American Idol. That was mean spirited. <laughs> it was. <Kyle's laughs> right. Kyle said in my ear, "Just because she's a woman doesn't mean she's That's soft." Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Kelly That's Clarkson right. would have never committed such a frustration flagrant, mm-hmm. as Jordan Clarkson did. Mm-hmm. I should have said Jordan Sparks, another American Idol contestant. Very good, yeah. And Kaminga showed some some decent restraint, but you could see the temper real quick because he, he was about to flash on Clarkson. Jonathan,
1: Jonathan has a little streak in him, which we didn't know because he's quiet and when the guy is young and, and up and coming, you just don't know, so that's good. There, but how, how much longer do we go before we get sort of exhausted with the whole, hey, here was the good thing that we found within the loss, like that. Oh, that's your bit, Mark. I'm disgusted it's not by this my team. Bit, I like you're disgusted.
2: They stink. This team's going nowhere.
1: No, well, don't do that. No,
2: I, I'm not giving up on the year. I'm here for it, Bob Myers. I'm here for this year. I'm not worried about the future. But you look, they are the worst road team. In the association, I mean by record. Yes. I mean, it, yes. it, it's not. So we can look at their oh, that oh and five anomaly, bad start. Since the 0 and five start on the road, they haven't really been better no, on the road.
1: Well, better, yes, in that, that like you can watch the games and see that during that. That road trip, not only were you losing to some of the absolute worst the teams dreck. in the NBA. The dregs. If you were playing a decent team, you got run off the floor. You got served. You got served. <laughs> That's my new Ryan, favorite. They're not, they're, not, they're not getting run off the floor anymore, but they're not good.
2: No, they're not, they're not winning. Good. And, I mean, Utah, they're okay. Utah was without a couple of their best players. Yeah, no, and,
1: they're nothing great.
2: No, but just the way you went about losing it. And you, you sit here 13-13. and 13, Quietly, we're a third of the way through this season now, mm-hmm. and uh, the Warriors are the ten seed. You're tied with Minnesota. You might not even be in the play-in game, and well, Steph Curry has got an ankle issue that may keep him out Saturday. Andrew Wiggins won't play Saturday with his adductor strain. Draymond Green with a hip issue. He's already had back issues and knee problems. I don't like where this thing is right now, look, Mark. There is no. no sir, I don't like there it. is no getting
1: around that between now and Christmas, this looks hard. You were not supposed to be 500. You already messed up my three-game win streak, and now I'm buying donuts tomorrow morning. Four miles to Larkspur. (laughs) I can't wait. Or four feet to Bob's Donuts. But either way... Get it done. Then you go out there and you gag this thing away, and now, instead of being what you should be, which is 15 and 11, now you're 13 and 13. And take a listen. You, you You do not need... To, to be a diehard fan, to understand how quickly, how hard this is going to be over the next two weeks. You start with Boston coming to town on Saturday night. That's a loss. And then you have a six-game road trip, which I could make the case. Who cares who they play? They'd be lucky to win three. Well, and Milwaukee, be lucky
2: to, you're going to lose to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And then you have Indiana on the second half of back-to-back, which means no, clay. no Steph, no Clay, no Wiggins, no Draymond. Well, it doesn't mean that, but it definitely means it no Clay. It probably means that. And then it's at
1: Philly. It's at Toronto. A loss. There's a win. And it's at the Knicks. And then it's at the Nets. A second then, half of back-to-back at the Nets. And then you come home for Christmas. Where is Ja?
2: Six-game road trip. Where is Ja? If I said they go two and four on that six-gamer...
1: I, I How does may, that make you feel? I feel like that's the over-under. I mean, I, that's probably, that's a par. Man. That's a par. What? Where are we at in society? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not good. 888-957-9570. Are your expectations for Brock Purdy out of control? Let's get into that uh, coming up next. What's up next on The Game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises on Willard and Dibs. This is Matt Steinmetz of Stein and i <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'm out. I'm go get Bonte and Joe,
2: call them back from the locker room, and uh, they're up. The backup. The rejoiner says, I mean the rejoiner stands on its own. M-R-W-D. I and W D get I get confused, gentlemen. Uh, oh. Letters confuse me yeah, sometimes. Yeah,
1: their alphabet. Yeah. The Uncut stuff. on YouTube, by the way, we're live, so you heard that. Radio? You didn't uh, know? So yeah, there you go. That's true on YouTube. Yeah. Do you wanna sing? Last time this came on you sang.
2: Spadoni screwed up. <laughs> the rejoin was wrong. God, what a voice. <laughs> so good. Which one? Dips? Yeah. This is the. uh, Bring me Uh, Correa.
0: Wait, what? I'm
2: sorry. This is the ode (laughs) to Simone Fontecchio, (laughs) for whom the Warriors had no (laughs) answer. Oh gosh. Uh, Yeah. So
1: we've uh, we've reached the punch drunk portion of the show. Totally. We were having a uh, an off air conversation, turning Sean Manaya's name into Sean Menorah to uh, to celebrate Hanukkah. Maybe the Giants will sign Sean Menorah. I I, I don't know if that's going to happen, yeah. but uh, you know, his flame, it, uh, it shines brighter than you think.
2: Yeah, but it,
1: it does. I mean, <laughs> if you want to distance yourself from labels <laughs> of being A's West... Eight crazy starts! Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, we'll see. Anyway, um, yeah, The Correa stuff, if you listen to the reporters, Jim Bowden definitely been in on it. J.P. Morosi yesterday uh, said, uh, let me see, where can I uh, throw out the quote? Quote, I think there are plenty of reasons to believe that could be a pairing that works for both sides. I know nobody wants quotes from uh, reporters anymore, especially not some of the ones who have thrown out misinformation on Twitter last 48 hours. So we'll see. Um, But what about this? I just want to make sure, and we got football Friday coming up tomorrow, and Baldy's going to be in here with the with the morning roast the whole day, so I'm excited to see him, and we'll get to all of this tomorrow, I know. But before Tom Brady comes to town to take on the 49ers, and I do believe the 49ers are going to win this football game. They're better than the Bucks, and I don't think the Bucks are going to score very many points on this defense. So I'm optimistic with regard to the game. But I want everybody to slow down on Brock Purdy. Too late. And the hype train
2: about how this guy has got moxie. He does. And guts. He's got guile. And confidence. You know what his nickname is. They think that he's got moxie and they think that he's got guile. And great. confidence. Yes, he's
1: got the backing
2: of his team. And I think that he's an anatomical <laughs> freak, apparently. Big confidence, Brock. I'm okay. Big sock, Brock. Look at the big
1: confidence zone Brock. Size yeah. matters. Look, all great stuff. Do I think he might be able to hold the clipboard and move this thing down the field and get the 49ers to the playoffs? I do. But this whole, like, there is seemingly a drumbeat that this guy is just going to be like young Jimmy. That's all Jimmy does, so Brock's going to do it too. And now our expectations have completely gone out of whack because of three quarters of football that were good. They were good through the lens of a third stringer, which is how we were looking at him. He comes into the game, you're down 7-3 to in the football game, and you're thinking, okay, we're hosed. When's Jimmy coming back? And he's not coming back. And so now you got to transition to the idea of Brock Purdy the rest of the way, and we've used those three quarters where he held it together nicely, and we've all decided that Brock Purdy, from three quarters of football, can win the Super Bowl. He's the future, Mark. Trade Trey Lance
2: right now. This
1: is not good for Brock. Silver came on with us earlier today. Hey, our, our expectations out of control.
2: And this is not good news. The 49ers were
1: a legitimate Super Bowl threat, the way Jimmy Garoppolo was playing with that loaded team. They are less of a threat to go to and win the Super Bowl now, on paper. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's got some good things about him. He's not perfect, and he's young, and he's gonna have some moments that make you, as a 49er fan, wanna slam your hand against your head or with the nearest object. So, you yeah, know, they have a very, very good team. They like him, they like his vibe, but this just got a lot tougher. Yeah, right? Of course it did.
2: The guy was the last pick in the NFL draft, (sighs) and he's basically your third stringer. And Mike also mentioned that he didn't get a lot of reps in training camp because... He was the third stringer behind Nate Sudfeld at the time. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo was on the kitty field, as Bonte <laughs> likes to call it, uh, on the side field. Yep. So he wasn't even getting reps then, and he didn't get reps really in practice very many leading up to that game. Even though he was the backup now, and he has been the backup for a while with Trey Lance out, he hasn't gotten any real meaningful play, and then he comes out in three quarters and he flashes and he looks great, so I'm with you, Mark. We all need to pump the brakes a little bit, but you you and I both said it. They should still be a playoff team. They yeah. should still win this division. Listen, I think there are some good things, some good signs
1: with regard to Brock Purdy, but I want to make sure everyone knows what we actually know instead of making it up in our head. What do we know? You mentioned Nate Sudfeld. He beat him. He beat him for a job and Nate was making guaranteed money with the San Francisco 49ers. A couple million. Yeah, but, but guaranteed. But guaranteed. Yeah. He was brought in to be the backup. And and, and Jimmy was going to be gone, and that's why they signed Nate. And then they're like, oh, let's check out Brock Purdy in this is the last pick of the draft." And he beat him. So that's good. And then what else do we know? As we discussed on Monday, it's never known if a guy is ready to step into the moment right. until you have the moment. Did he step into it? Yes. Did he do it well, confidently? Did he handle, Mike Silver also talked to us about how much duress the Dolphins put him under and he handled all that very well. So that's all great. However, what he can do as a QB1, which he is now, we have no idea. And here's something he's never dealt with in his career. He has never dealt with an NFL team that sat down for a week and game planned against him. And the Bucs are a good defense. So they now know we're going against Brock Purdy. I'm sure they watched Iowa State film all week long. They probably looked for whatever the weaknesses are, and they're going to come after those weaknesses now. But
2: at the same time, he's never had a week in the NFL where Kyle Shanahan is game planning for him. Good point. So now the game plan is a Brock Purdy game plan. And, you know, it's going to be very similar to what Jimmy Garoppolo does, different from a Trey Lance game plan, but kind of similar to a Jimmy Garoppolo in that he can throw from the pocket. He can make plays outside the pocket on the move on occasion. So Brock Purdy more mobile than Jimmy Garoppolo, less mobile than Trey Lance, but I'm excited to see what the game plan going to look too. like. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. And and Kyle did make the comment this week
1: that the game plan switch from Trey to Jimmy was much lesser now from Jimmy to Brock. Like yes. That was a much smaller switch and adjustment for the whole team to make. But, look, how many times have we gone into a weekend thinking one thing and then on Sunday night you go, oh man, Vegas knew what I didn't know. The over under in this football game is worth knowing whether you're a better or not. The over under in this football game is 37 and a half. Oh yeah. Yeah. Vegas is telling you, nobody's scoring in this game. Pretty much. Nobody. We already know the Bucs. The Bucs have scored over 20 points. The Niners are
2: favored by three Three and three and a half. half. It's gone up to
1: three and a half after watching the Bucks play, even though they did their little miracle there at the end. It's just it's obvious. The Bucks offense is not doing well. And and so you would think going up against the 49er defense, the Bucs are gonna have a hard time even going north of 10. So maybe that speaks to why the over/under is what it is. But by the same token, you're looking at a QB three against an offense that's only scored more than twenty points twice all year, and and they're telling you you have to
2: try to grind this sucker out seventeen to ten. At twenty to seventeen is what they're telling you. Yeah. The the, yep. uh, the estimated score. 2017, and you could see the Niner defense holding Tampa Bay and Tommy down to that level, but it comes down to mistakes. Can Brock Purdy avoid the turnover and giving Tampa Bay the short field? Um, all right, it's all
1: sponsored by Pfizer here on Willard and Dibs. Coming up next, we get to more of your phone calls at 888-957-9570. Stiney and Goo jump in as well on 95.7 The Game. On 95 7 the game. Now back to Willard and Dibs. What Guys, what do you got? <laughs> dibs, Willard, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, yeah. He's doing that in the other room right now. I'm like, go, I thought that was an air bit. Like, no, it's a no. Like, just getting, does
2: Steiny wake up? Hey, what's for breakfast? Hey, hey, what am I going to take a shower? That's his, like, sarcastic. I know. And, I know. You know, <laughs> know. Occasionally, Hey, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> By the way, don't do New, New, New York, New York. I'm leaving today. He ain't leaving. But this is interesting, isn't it? Start spreading my cash. Start, <laughs> Start spending my loot. Start spreading the booze. <laughs> uh, and you can spell booze however you want. That can either come from yeah. Uh, yeah, from your voice or, or your cabinet. Whatever you want. But check this out. Um, this just came across and I find it... Head scratching. Get you with a guru sniff. Yeah, but it, it, it's a different kind of sniff. There's no arrogance here. This is just like a, huh, that's interesting. So, 2023 Major League Baseball World Series odds, okay? From November 16th, pre-winter meetings, Yeah. to today, December 8th, and how they've moved. What would you expect the San Francisco Giants... To be and to have done
2: during those three weeks. I imagine their odds went up. They probably were about uh, 40 to 1 to win the World Series, Mm -hmm. and now they're probably about 50 to 1. Would it shock you to know that on November 6th,
1: they were 28 to 1 to win the whole thing? And today, post no judge, gone from 28 to 1 to 20 to 1.
2: Really? That is shocking. (laughs) <laughs> Shorter, Mitch is Hanager. gonna hit 42 bombs. Maybe that's what they're telling you there, I huh? What wow. is that? What is that? I, I mean, don't know.
1: What is that? Because Vegas, you know me, and you, I mean, hell, we all know this. Vegas isn't just farting around out here. They got reasons for yeah. everything, and
2: they is this Vegas or is this offline? Is this betonline.ag? Uh, this is, are we going offshore for this? Uh this is. This okay. is betonline.ag. Okay, but the, the extension of the
1: same thing. They're not just willy nilly yeah, right. hucking numbers off a wall. They know stuff. They know. So you're stuff. saying Correa to the Giants? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying what do we see here?
2: Brandon and, Nemo
1: makes that move. By the way, the Giants are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten favorite in all of major league baseball (laughs) no i I mean they're the 10th favorite wouldn't that surprise you too though based on how we feel today to say that the giants are one of the top 10 favorites to win the whole banana
2: this year that sounds about right it does there are 10 teams that could give a crap about winning so you take those 10 out and there are legitimately six or seven really good teams and then you get into the middle, which is where the Giants are. I today. guess, but there's
1: shorter odds than the Cardinals. There's shorter odds than the White Sox, the Rangers. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I mean, the shorter odds than the Red Sox. Shorter yeah. odds than the
2: Guardians, the Brewers. I mean... I get that. I, I've got I've got yeah. Vegas Insider up here, and that's a... Oh, they have you, a Kyle. consensus line yeah. of all the... They have the Giants at plus 4,600 right now. That's 46 to 1. That's nineteen. Oh. Hmm.
1: Why is this so different than that? That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I tell you what, who knows? Who knows? Uh, it, is, uh, it is a project. If I were grading this as a teacher, I would give this an incomplete. Well, um,
2: you wouldn't grade it.
1: No, I'm just saying. I don't I know mean, what these rosters. Due. I don't know what these rosters are going to do. A lot of dough and a lot of names still out there, and I don't know where they're going.
2: If they don't get Correa, then it's it can't be any higher than a D, in my opinion.
1: Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. C minus, maybe. I mean, I don't know what right. they would do next, but but based on the Nemo, Mania, No, and Drury, just again, it's a D. If you don't get Correa, it's not that I don't think they can play good baseball this year it's that you definitely did not meet the off-season excitement like period actually it's an f as far as that's concerned we are free to financially pursue everybody on the table and we are going to be in on every conversation yeah and if you
2: get none of them that's a that's a that's an f it's enough. Well, you got uh, Mitch Haniger. Let's not. No, but let's not disrespect Mitch
1: Haniger. Whether the Giants meant to do this or not, did they not clearly lead their fans down the road of we're going to get one of these guys? I don't know if it, it was Judge. Like it. I don't know if it was Judge, but they've been very clear. We are pursuing Judge. We are pursuing the shortstops. Correa's been the one the whole time that has been linked out of the group. We never really, Trey Turner was never going to happen. I've never heard Swanson or Bogarts Bogart's either. Never heard that. So it's always been we're pursuing Judge, we're pursuing Correa, and then we're going to the B level, and it's going to be an and, not an or. We're also going to go after. Whether it's Hanniger, whether it's Brandon Nemo, Nemo Cold yeah. Senga, whatever, there okay, there it is, you know, and and they also keep their name in the. We are still in on the Rodon sweepstakes. They keep their name in that too. That's been what we've been served. Not served like that's the plate that ended up in front of us.
2: It's a cold lump of nothing right now. I mean, got Mitch. Yeah, yeah, you
1: gotta, you gotta, you gotta come home with one of those guys, right? So
2: and so, you look at that odds movement, but only one of them think, is off the board, right? So,
1: of so you all look at names, the odds
2: movement and you think, ah, so you're saying there's a chance maybe I, I, somebody knows something somewhere, and that's why the odds move. I always think somebody knows something, and and there has right. been plenty of Correa and
1: Giants noise. And yes, I'll believe it when I see it. There was um, even more judge and Giants noise. Sure, but that's just nature of judge. Yeah. There's just going to be more noise. Uh, Robert and Marin on the Brock Purdy stuff. Steining and Gould will be in here in just a second. Hey, Robert, what's cooking? What are you doing? Hey, um, you're, if you can hear me okay. I'm we got gotcha. you. Speaker, I'll change it. Yeah, no, we got gotcha. you. Okay, your opera at the beginning
2: of a segment forced me to call Il Piace. Don't be the clown. Seinfeld had an episode too i know i'm too excited about brock purdy (laughs) when my wife said we got this now that jimmy g may be back yeah It, it it's like it's it's like i'm i'm the clown who thinks oh brock purdy he's gonna do it all And it's going to be one game
1: at a time. You know, Robert, I I got no issue if you want to believe that. And I have no proof that it's not going to happen. I just think from a general sense, um, I I guess I would say it this way. Whatever you thought when Jimmy was quarterbacking the team, I hope you're smart enough to have lessened it. As far as your expectations, right? I, you don't have to
2: lessen it a lot,
0: though. Nothing, I don't think.
1: nothing's off the table. You're allowed to win the Super Bowl with a rookie. Yeah, there's no rule against it. But whatever you thought the 49ers could do with Jimmy, I think a smart person lowers those expectations today,
2: just a little bit, though, based on the way Brock Purdy looked, and uh, also based on. What this team is, even when they had Jimmy Garoppolo, you still have McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, and others. And those players are all still on the field, and you still have an elite defense. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Week, coming off of being Defensive Player of the Month. Fred Warner, best linebacker in football. Baldy, who will be in here tomorrow, will spend three hours gushing over Fred Warner. Funga? Anchoring a great secondary. So all these things are still in place. So yes, sure. you need to downgrade your hopes, but not that much. Uh,
1: I mean, the, the, look, look I, I know the roster, and, and I know all the great players they have, but the quarterback is always going to be an incredibly, incredibly important position. Jimmy was probably on a streak that was about as good as he's looked in his entire career, and now suddenly we're going with a rookie from the seventh round, and a lot of people are like, well, but he looked good, so yep, he can can do it, uh, you know, then with regard to the idea of Jimmy potentially returning, um, I, I, you know, I think we got to be out on that as well. Just for this, yeah, he's not coming back. Well, not only is that sort of wild from a health reason, you have to also put your brain into what that would mean. It, it, if the 49ers have a game the week that Jimmy returns, then it means that Brock is doing some amazing stuff, most likely. So, why would you take most him out? Most likely, yeah. Now, yes, if they've won all of the games 11 to 10 then you can switch back to Jimmy. Look at you using my 11-10. to 10. But I don't think that that's going to go that way. If Brock Purdy can get him to the NFC West title and then beat the New York Giants week one and then go to Minnesota and win week two and they're headed to Philly for the NFC title game, you going to switch to Jimmy? And Jimmy ah! won't be ready. But if he was. Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy so.
0: hypothetical. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.